Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. And today we're going to talk about submitting to Bible authority, submitting to God, really, but we're going to focus on the Bible. As I said in my uh, description in the show notes, uh, there's a profound line in what is typically considered a children's song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And as many of you know, if you're listening to this, you know that Aaron Dotson, a good friend of mine and myself, we do a show called Christianity Now in which I kind of scour TikTok and we look at videos and every week we have a new set of videos and we talk about things that are contemporary facing the church. And there is an ecumenical pastor, a Bible scholar named Vody Balkum. Now listen, he's... I think he's one or two good Bible studies away from being a New Testament Christian. But it still, we can look at some of the things that he says, and we can notice the truth of them, and he has an exchange um, with an individual that is trying to hang him on the horns of a dilemma. And I'm going to uh, to watch it here with you. and um, yeah, we're gonna we're just gonna have a conversation about this. Let me put my cans on so I can hear the so I can hear the video. And uh, yeah, we'll get this started. Um, yeah. So look, I can't. I have had to uh, block this person named Femi Ogunle or Ogunle. Says glory be to glory be to God in our life and more help for our life. Zenith Bank. Um, we 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 do not have time to vet people who uh, come into the comment section asking for money. Uh, I, in fact, I, I really need to delete this comment. I don't know how from where I am, but um, but yeah, I, we just can't have that happen. I don't know you. I don't. My my people don't know you. And we don't, this is not the time or the place to be putting your phone number and trying to make contacts for financial gain. Um, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, Jonathan, what's going on? Yeah, most people want Jesus as Savior, but they will not make him their Lord. Yeah, they want the, they want the baby in the manger. They want the lamb, but they don't want the lion. They don't want the king. So, yeah, good stuff. Now, let me, all right. Right here, this is Vody Balkum, and the text in this video says, I'm going to ask this question because she can't ask it. You can answer it after this. And I'm like, well, this is, first off, when you have a crowd of people gathered and when you're uh, in the open forum, don't be so entitled as this. Like, who is this guy to give this man who is in control of this, who's giving this lecture, who's in control of this open forum? permission to answer his question. It's like, hey, I'm going to speak now, and you got to hear me speak, 
And after I speak, you can answer my question. If I were Vody Balkum, I would probably address that and be like, listen, you're very entitled. And I'm going to answer your question because it needs to be asked, it needs to be answered. But you were trying to hang me on the horns of a dilemma. You were trying to get me caught. Well, here we go. Let's let's listen to Vody Balkum. Don't ask this question because yeah. she can't ask it. Um, you can answer it after this. Um, she just wanted to know why why women are not allowed to to preach in the church. Um, and if if a woman feels that she has the gift of preaching, why why isn't she allowed um, to preach? Thanks. All right. First Timothy chapter two and verse 12. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. So, because the Bible says so. Um, and that's it. The other thing is, well, what if a person feels like they have gifts to do that? Uh, no one gets to do everything they feel like they're gifted at. No one does. All right. Very concise, very good answer. Uh, don't you think Vody Balkum probably had this uh, verse memorized? I suffer not a woman to teach and usurp authority over a man. It's 1 Timothy 2, 12, or 2 Timothy. No, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. This question was clearly designed to hang him on the horns of a dilemma. It was framed in a way to heighten emotional response. Like, listen, I, I'm going to ask a question. You can answer it after I'm done, but I'm asking this question because this woman that's with me is not allowed to, not allowed to ask it. First off, that's actually not true. Uh, the scripture authorizes women to be able to ask questions during an open forum uh, kind of issue. A lot of times uh, I hear people go way too far with this idea of women to keep silent in the churches. Uh, chapter 14 of second uh, of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians is very easy to interpret. Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, the admonition for the women to keep silent is in the context of the wives of the prophets. All right, the wives of the prophets. So if we're going to take an analog from the first century in that text to the 21st century, that means that and when I'm preaching, my wife cannot interject. She cannot ask questions. She cannot ask questions to clarify. In other words, she is not to try to take control from the seat. Evidently, that was a problem going on in Corinth there in the first century. So, and, and of course, you notice Vody Balkum didn't go to 1 Corinthians 14, but I'm just, I'm just making the case that many people, all right, many people go too far with that, this idea of um, women keep silent in the churches. Now, um, to talk about Vody Balkum's answer, uh, it's, it's very simple. Uh, he handles this beautifully. Notice the long pause of silence. He's not going to answer from his own mind. He is going to Scripture. Now, I understand he had an iPad. I have nothing, I have no problem with using a, a digital version of the Bible. And even he, as he went, he, he showed that he's turning his digital Bible, 
he's turning it, quote-unquote, turning the pages of his digital Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And he doesn't say, here's what I think, here's what I believe. He says, and he reads, I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over a man, but to remain in silence or to be in silence, to learn in silence. I can't remember the exact phraseology. I could always go and read it. And he says, the Bible says so. It's that simple. It doesn't matter how much modern baggage we bring in to these certain things. The Bible has to be authoritative. The only way that you and I know what the will of the Lord is, is to study the Bible. Think about 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show yourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Are you a workman for God or not? If you are a workman for Walmart, Target, um, well, I'm thinking of McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, um, MTD Motors that produces uh, lawn equipment. If you are a worker for a secular boss, you have to be approved of that boss. How is it that you can be approved of that boss? You have to read the company manual. You have to follow the company rules. You have to get your orders from that boss. Well, I don't know of any other way to get orders from my boss spiritually other than go to the Bible. So there are many, many comforts from that. For instance, Jesus loves me. How do you know? The Bible says so. God loves me. How do you know? The Bible says so. You know, I think, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16, just a wonderful verse of love. God is love. You know, you go to John chapter 3 and read that. God is love. If you If you hate your brother that you've seen, and you say you love God that you haven't seen, then you're a liar. The truth is not in you. God is love. Well, Jesus is also God, therefore Jesus is love. And if God loves us, Jesus loves us. So the Bible tells me that Jesus loves me. And I know this because of what the Bible says. But then if I want to be pleasing to him, and I go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because in order to be pleasing to God, you must know, believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So how then can we figure out how to seek God in the way that he wants to be sought? In other words, I think about 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those who know not God and who have not obeyed the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Evidently, it's important that I obey the gospel. And John or uh, um, Romans chapter 6, starting in 17, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Evidently, I have to obey from the heart. That form, so there's a form you love. For obedience, and it's got to be, if, I, if, if there's a formula, if I'm going to obey from the heart, I have to understand the formula, and I also have to do it with a sincerity that goes along 
with an involvement of the heart. How do I figure that out? Folks, it's right here in this book. The only communication that I have from God that tells me what I need to do and how I need to go is God's Word. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, According as His divine power hath He hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness by the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. The only thing you know about Jesus, the only thing you know about God, outside the fact that, that, they're, that they're existential, is what you read in, in scriptures. So in order for you to have a relationship with God, in order for you to have a right relationship with God, to live in this world and to be accepted on the other side, to be a workman that doesn't need to ever feel shame, is we have to read the Bible and do what it says. That's why it's such a simple question for fundamentalists. Why can't a woman stand up before the congregation of Christian men and women and preach the gospel if she has that talent? Because the Bible says so. Because we've been told what to do. And it doesn't matter how you frame that. It doesn't matter the emotions that you bring into it. And I, I know this is kind of verboten to say, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care how you feel about that. God doesn't care how you feel at all, actually. I can't find any passage of Scripture that, that tells me God cares how I feel. He commands me to be joyful. He commands me to change my priorities so I can be existential in nature, joyful. And I think about second or a Thessalon, uh, well, come on, Tony, Titus. I got too many scriptures running around my head. I, I think about Titus chapter 2, 11 and following. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. There's no excuses, folks. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Living soberly is your inward man. Living righteously is how you relate to your, it's your outward man, walking upright before your fellow man. And living godly is how you relate to your, to, to God the Father. That's your upward man. Inward, outward, upward. It's all right there. And the only way you can know that you're sober-minded, that you're living soberly, righteously, and godly, is to pay attention to what the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath taught us. We go right here. And check this out. Let's go to Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run his race. Its rising is from, the end, uh, is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from, his, from its heat. I was reading that from the New King James, and it was hard because I typically quote it from the King James. But anyway, so we can discern by looking at nature 
the existential nature of God, that God exists, and God wants something from us if he exists. That's an a priori observation. We can understand this. Actually, that may be a posteriori. We conclude. Yeah, we, it's a posteriori. We, we a priori, we observe God exists. And then from that observation, we surmise that if this all-powerful being that created the heavens and the earth exists, and he made us, and he blessed us in such a way to give us existence and a life on this earth, then he wants something from us. How can we live up to his standard? He doesn't expect us to play a game of Mao, M-O-W. That's called My Own Way. That's a card game that a good friend of mine introduced to me back in the mid-90s. And basically, you got together with three of your buddies, so there's four people, and you had a, you had a set of rules, and the, um, the object of the game is to guess the set of rules that the dealer is using. And the game only works if you actually have a set of rules that's able to be observed and tested and figured out. In other words, well, actually, what happened after a, after a while, you get to playing, uh, you, it kind of devolves into a into a mess, and, and you get kind of giddy. And the the person who is now dealer, if everybody's tired of playing, he will purposefully change the change the rules in a, in a way that's to be funny. But the way you win the game is you have to have a set of rules, but they're secret, and you might lay down a queen, and then the person to your right, um, if the person to your right lays down and you say, nope, you gotta, you've got to uh, draw four cards because you went out of turn, well, then you surmise, oh, so we're not supposed to go to the right, we're supposed to go to the left, and then so on and so forth. So you gotta, the way you win is to figure out the rules. Well, God doesn't play that. God gives us the rules. Now, going back to Psalm 19, we can we can understand that there is a set of rules, that there is a rule giver. But look at verse 7. Listen to this. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever the judgment of the Lord's. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much more than fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is a great reward. How can you study to show yourself approved, or how can you be approved unto God? You study. Well, what do you study? The law of the Lord. Because it is the law of the Lord that makes you acceptable and pleasing in God's eyes. Studying the law of the Lord is how we know the proper formula, Romans chapter 6, verse 17, of obedience to the gospel, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. It's easy. It's so profound. The Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Why can't a woman get up and preach if she has a talent and a gift for that? Because the Bible says she cannot. Because the Bible specifies 
that that is what the man is supposed to do. I will, therefore, that men pray every place, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. What's going on? We got some comments here. Good to see everybody, by the way. Uh, good to see you, Chris Olive. Uh, Jonathan Exum has some good comments here. Uh, the bride submits to the husband. The church submits to the Christ. We don't need to make Christ like us. We need to make us like Christ. Good stuff. Connie Barden, it's good to see you. I hope you're still here. I hated that I didn't acknowledge your presence when I first saw the comment, but I was kind of on a roll. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, uh, whoever speaks as one speaking the oracles of God, whoever serves as one serving by the strength um, which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and might forever and ever. Amen. First Peter 4.11. Yeah, if any man speaks, he has to speak as the oracles of God. He has to say what the Bible says and only what the Bible says is the idea. That's how powerful this is. Remember, it's you can you can ascertain the existence of God through nature, through observation of nature, and then you can conclude that since God exists, he wants something from us. You only know what he wants, though, by studying the law of the Lord. That, that, the, the law of the Lord is what bridges the gap between Almighty God and his creation. Now, let's go to Psalm 138 and notice a verse here. This is a verse I don't hear quoted a lot anymore. I used to quote it quite a bit, and I think I'm going to start referencing it more and more. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There are plenty of things a woman can do for God without standing in the pulpit. All right. Psalm 138, starting in verse 1. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the lowercase g gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For, because, why am I going to do this? Because you have magnified your word even above all your name. What this means, and don't miss this because this is important. What this means is that if somehow or another the Spirit of God could coalesce into bodily form and speak commandments to us today, if that coalesced bodily form of God's Spirit spake something different than what is contained in God's Word, we actually, actually that, that's an absurdity. That's like saying a square circle or a, or, or, a, or a round square, a square with no corners, or a triangle with four corners. It's simply, it's too absurd. It's not going to work. It will not happen because God cannot speak against His Word. So if you have some kind of spirit coalesce in front of you and speak anything other than what's already been revealed, you know that's not God. And therefore, that's not to be listened to. That's how powerful God's word is. The only way we can relate to God and have a relationship with God is through his word. He tells us what we need to know. He tells us things we need to do. And we have to accept it and we have to do it. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For in order to be pleasing to God, you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We have to follow what the Bible says. That's pretty simple. Yeah, that, Rita, that's such a that's such a that's such weak sauce. Uh, Rita says, "I have been told since there were prophetesses then that it is okay now to have women preach in an assembly." You know, there's absolutely no denying that in the first century, when the spiritual gifts were in the world, that there were women. In fact, Philip's daughters were prophetesses. Prophetesses. <laughs> anyway. They they prophesied, but if we read the Bible, we know that they didn't prophesy in a mixed assembly, because First Timothy, chapter two. So yeah, yeah, there were there were prophets. You know, there are women today who have a great ability of oration. I think of Glenn Colley's wife. You know, I've listened to her preach before. Did you know that? Why have I listened to her preach? Because I'm responsible for my wife's spirituality. And I'm not going to allow my wife to sit at the feet of the t- of a teacher that I have not vetted. Now, does that mean that I have broken the law of Christ? God forbid. I've listened to Cindy Colley on CD. I've watched Cindy Colley on YouTube or Facebook. Do you understand what I'm saying? She has a she she's a wonderful orator. She does a good job. She doesn't she doesn't get to hold an assembly of mixed men and Christian women. Doesn't matter how good she is. Why? Because the Bible says so. And I suppose that would be a good a good point to end on. Folks, study to show yourselves approved. Unto God, workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, so that you can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking with a hopeful expectation for that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope I've said something in this podcast that has been profitable to you. I pray it's been pleasing to God. Thank you so much for the comments. Be sure and follow Cogitations Podcast. Be sure and go to the Christianity Now Facebook page and follow it. Uh, this video that I'm going that I use today, I'm going to post it over there, uh, so folks will have access to it. But you only have access to it and can watch it and share it from the Christianity Now podcast page. Uh, that's all I've got here. God bless you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Uh, be sure and subscribe to Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, and we will catch you on the flip side.